Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out here. It nice is. Nice and overcast and uh, wet, so that's oh, fantastic. because yeah. we want rain, yes. Yeah. It's actually not a beautiful day, but we did get some rain. Yes, so that's good. That's very good. And we've already had a quite an eventful morning, even. We've had an eventful weekend, but yeah. I had to show up to jury duty already this morning. Yes, well, you did, you could judge me any day you want. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, it, it was a criminal case, and it helps. I got exempted which is nice because our life is a little chaotic and you're going to be out of town all week. So it would have thrown a wrench in some serious plans, but I got exempted because I still have a child under 12 at home who would have to have been left alone, uh, like after school, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of nice. I'm good. kind of happy that good. I got out of that. Well, good. I'm glad you got out to it. Yes. Well, you, would, you would have made a fine juror. Thank you. Yes. So it pays to have children late in life because mm-hmm. then I still have a young one home. Are you so, trying to tell me something? No, okay. <laughs> definitely not. So that was that. We also had a German student sleepover with us last night. Yeah. Uh, David, our son David, did an exchange and was in Germany this summer. And he stayed with a boy named Johannes. And Mm -hmm. they flew in on Saturday. And Johannes uh, isn't staying with us the whole time he's here, but he stayed with us last night. And now he's off to a, a ranch with some other German students. Yeah. So that was fun. We had a party for them last night. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a little cool by our standards, the Germans were like, oh, it's very hot. <laughs> so the, uh, so uh, one of the people, one of the host families, uh, had everyone over to their house for a little pool party. And, you know, all the Germans were in the pool having a grand old time. Yep. And a great time. So and they, great. they also have this elaborate zipline system at their house. So they yeah. were all ziplining and swimming and playing nine square. And it was great. Yeah. Then the Germans are off now to... Uh, a dude ranch outside of Bandera, yeah. apparently. They're mm-hmm. going to spend the spend the night there and learn how to ride horses and lasso things and things, whatnot. So, things. Yeah, that'll be cool. Lasso things. I don't know how to lasso things, but that's okay. Um, but we also had... So um, we have Matthew home today with us on a Monday yeah. because he had the flu this weekend. He's actually better, but we're just keeping him home one day just to make sure he's not contagious. Um, but he had to go... <laughs> I felt like a bad mom, but um, on Saturday, he was in the grips of the flu, and he had to go play football because they're in the, <laughs> they're in the playoffs. This sounds horrible. He's 10 years old, yeah. but they're in the playoffs. He's the only quarterback. Like, what are you going to do? So I just gave him a ton of Theraflu, sent him on his way, and they ended up winning 25 to nothing. Yeah. Had a great game, one of their best games, and uh, he... He did great He did the great, game. and then... Right. Proceeded to not do so great in the car on the way home, and sadly he was with another family because we had to be at UIW for a visit for Sam. So it's a long weekend, a lot of things happening, but everyone survived, and I can get away from my mommy guilt now, I guess, right? Yes, yes, okay. it was good. Okay. But yeah, so so a couple interesting football stories. You know, mm-hmm. one is that our our youngest son Maddie was kind of the star quarterback, and you know he uh, he girded up his loins. Oh my and, gosh, poor thing! And uh, played a great game. They won twenty five to zero. And apparently, again, we weren't there because we were at another football game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently, uh, the opposing oh, yeah. <laughs> team, their their uh, coach, got expelled from the game yep. for swearing at the, at the refs at the first, right? quarter. first quarter. And we've heard this coach before. He is something else. Yeah, and then I guess after the game, the assistant coach yes. also got thrown out. He got banned from the stadium forever. Wow. Yeah, he didn't get thrown out of the game. It was after the game. He went after the refs for doing something to his son, I guess. 
and he really lit into them apparently and apparently he got maybe pushed something someone or something yeah. but he got banned from the stadium forever yeah so kind of crazy so, so that's that was... texas football yeah. for 10 year olds yeah, folks texas football actually matthew's like the youngest on his team yeah. so it's really 11 year olds and 12 year olds but so, that's the way it goes yeah and then with uh with sam we went to university of incarnate word mm-hmm. it's one of the schools that's made him an offer and so we're trying to look at these uh, various schools and see which yeah. program he likes the best. Yep. So we got a tour. We met the coaches. They won 70 to nothing. So it was not <laughs> it was a nail biter of a game. They're very good now. Um, they've turned their program around and it's a real good program. So anyways, and then Sam's team won too. Friday night, they're, they're 8-0. First time in Bernie history. Mm-hmm. Bernie High School, 8-0. Going into playing Somerset this Friday. This might be some competition for us here coming up. So that would be exciting if it was because we handled the last game pretty easily too. Yeah, yeah, we definitely yeah. Beat, beat them up pretty good. You feel yeah. kind of bad about that. Yeah. But, uh, but no, so it, it's Say been exciting. You. I mean, between uh, football and Germans, we're doing mm-hmm. well here. Yeah. And we gave you a big recap only because we don't have a ton to say mm-hmm. this week, simply because Eric wasn't even there, so he right. didn't teach the class. Pastor Mariola yeah. did. And so two things about that. First, a uh, big thanks to Pastor Mariola Burquist. Uh, I heard from several people. She did a wonderful job. Including so, me. Yes, she did so a wonderful job. thank you very job. much mm-hmm. to her. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really pleased for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I did get the chance to speak uh, with Mariola briefly about it, and she seemed to have enjoyed it. So that yep. was good. Good. And she's going to be doing it again she this week. doing it again this Last week, week you were right. at a board meeting for the seminary. This yeah. week, you're doing something with intern Justin and a retreat or something. Yeah. So last week was uh, the seminary board of regents meeting. I'm the chairman of the board, and uh, the meeting went very well. We've made some real progress. Um, so I was really pleased with, uh, with, with the progress that we've made. Probably the biggest thing we did is we, we have hired a recruiter who has been active for about a month and a half. And he's already had the opportunity to talk with 30 students uh, and, and uh, try to interest them in the seminary. So we're hoping that from, from his work, we're hoping that we can almost double the size awesome. of, uh, of our classes. Is that so Jeff Morlock? That's Jeff Morlock. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a guy we used to work with yeah. uh, at Upper Arlington. Okay. And then, so... this, coming, and then this coming Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Thir- uh, yeah, Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, yeah. So Vicar Justin and I will be up in Wisconsin at Ooh. a retreat center outside of One Milwaukee. One of our favorite states. Yeah, we'll be up there for uh, the intern supervisor retreat. Okay. And so that'll be exciting to meet a bunch of the other supervisors and uh, vicars, interns, and see how other churches are doing their program and what we can learn from them. Yeah, because uh, you didn't get to do that with Alia because it was COVID. Because it was COVID. Yeah. So, like so no she didn't get to go on one of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so that's a lot of recap, but yep. um, we do want to get into what we studied last week. Again, it will be more brief, but we were in the wanderings in the wilderness. Yep. So correct? we were in the wilderness wanderings, and mm-hmm. that wraps up chapter 10, which is uh, the last chapter of uh, book one. Uh, and it's about the wilderness wanderings. And so kind of the, the, the high level overview mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, God brings his people up out of Egypt. He brings them to Mount Sinai. There God makes a covenant with them. And we spent several weeks looking at that covenant in detail. And then finally, they leave Mount Sinai and they head to the promised land. So this is the place that God has promised to give them. You know, the whole reason he's brought them out of Egypt is to bring them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, but three things happen along the way. One is bad, namely the people grumble. You know, right. they grumble about various and sundry things. Uh, and that's bad, right? And, and that then becomes a metaphor uh, really for our own Christian life, that God has redeemed us. God mm-hmm. is bringing us to the promised land of heaven. But between here and there, we do a lot of grumbling along the way. Yes. You know, we look back in our hearts to the good old days of Sin. slavery in Egypt and, mm-hmm. oh, wasn't life much better then? And there's right. nothing but this lousy manna and where are you leading us to? And exactly. you know, I'm tired and all this mm-hmm. other nonsense. Yeah. Grumbling uh, is highly 
not spoken of highly. What am I trying to say? Grumbling is looked down upon in yes, the Bible. Yes, it's looked down yes. upon. And so there's a Thank lot you. of grumbling that takes place mm-hmm. in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that becomes a metaphor for our own Christian life. Okay. That's bad. What's worse is that when God finally does bring them to the, uh, the border of the promised land, they decide, eh, let's not go. <laughs> right? And they decide that for two reasons. One is because life in Egypt is looking even better for them. Right. But more pressing, uh, they get a report back from spies whom they sent to the land of Canaan. And these spies scare them. And they say, yeah, it's a beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. Just look at the size of these grapes we've brought. And right. And this huge you know, vine brought with them. Yep. Uh, but they say the people there are like giants, you know, like grasshoppers are to us, so we were to them. Mm. You know, but there's no way we can take this land. There's no way that we can go. You know, we're all going to die if we try it. Let's run around and go home. Uh, and so on the very border of the promised land, God is just about to bring them in. The people lose faith in God. Uh, they fear the Canaanites. Um, and as a result, God sentences them to 40 days of wandering in the wilderness. 40 years. 40 years, I'm sorry. So we got to get that right. 40 days, you can handle that. But Yeah, one for each day of exactly. that they spied out the land. That, she made yeah. that point. One year for every day they spied out the mm-hmm. land. And don't forget, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, mm-hmm. actually gave a favorable report, or they were mm-hmm. faithful to God. And they, they said, yes, this is true, but we could we can do it, basically. Right. You know, um, they weren't so discouraged. So they do get to carry on, but... Yeah, but all the others are, yes. are then sentenced to wander about the wilderness until that entire generation dies. Right. That yeah. is the reason for the 40 years, yes, yeah. to get to the next generation. Yeah, so that, that's kind of a bad thing. Um, and a, a little side note here. So if you remember, they say that the people there are huge. They're like giants. Right. And then later, you know, in the days of King David, uh, who should David take out but a giant mm-hmm. from Gath called, you know, Goliath? Goliath. And so apparently the descendants of these Canaanites were still, you know, kicking around in various and sundry pockets. Mm-hmm. And it's only in the time of David that they're finally um, are finally wiped out. So do we think these are like the Nephilim type people? Yeah, there, there's a couple different uh, theories. But yeah, the theory is that these are descendants of the Nephilim. So if you remember, the Nephilim were the offspring when the sons, sons of, of God, God went to the daughters of daughters men. Of man, were Nephilim yeah. in those days. Confusing stuff, but it's very confusing, mm-hmm. yeah. But but who, whoever they were, they were they were big people. Yeah. Right? They were big people. And so that's bad. So that's bad that they, they grumble on the way to the promised land. It's worse that they're you know, the door is open, God says, Come on in and they're like, eh, let's go back home. Right. Uh, but the worst thing of all that happens is that when finally after forty years, you know, God is about to bring them back in. Um, and then they they fall uh, they fall prey to the bale of Peor. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to talk about. Today. Okay, the bale of the bale of Peor. So here's where Baal really starts to appear in the Old Testament, okay. and then he will be a Fixture. shadowy adversary in the Old Testament for for the rest of the, the mm-hmm. reading. Right. Uh, the bale of Peor. And so if you know the story, there's a close association. Uh, in the in the story between uh, sex and religion, mm-hmm. and so the Moabite women uh, seduce the Israelite men, and they not only lead them astray, but then they lead them into worshiping the Baal of Peor. Right. Uh, and so there's a close relationship between the two, and it's a, 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 a there's a wonderful illustration. It's uh, the, I think it's 10C in the book or something like that. It's a wonderful illustration of of what Canaanite religion is about, and it's important to understand that the. Uh, the Canaanite religion, the religion of the land in the promised land, mm-hmm. you know, the, the land that the, the people were worshiping, um, is very different from Hebrew religion. And so Hebrew religion, as we know, is covenantal. 
you know, God says, uh, I, I am the Lord your God. I brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Yep. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done for you. Here's what you're going to do for me. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into great exhaustive detail mm-hmm. about what the people are going to do for him. So it's a law-based religion. It's a covenantal religion. There's, a, there's two parties in an agreement. Uh, and to worship God then was to keep God's law. Okay. Uh, so it's very much a moral religion that what you did, how you lived your life, was part of the religious understanding. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, last week we spoke about how there are distinctions. You know, for for uh, us who are Christians, yes, that there are distinctions. Uh, that there's the moral law, there's the covenantal law, uh, there's the ritual, ritual law, and a lot of that ritual law no longer applies, uh, but the moral law still applies for us. And I think the illustration we gave was something on Twitter. Well, you know, I was looking through uh, Fox News this week, and I'll direct people's attention to this. Mm. This was on Fox News yesterday, so I guess it would have been Sunday. So we're going to apply this principle right now? You're going to apply it right now. Okay, what does it say? This is one of those cake-baking cases. Oh my goodness, the cakes. All right, not the one in Colorado, but there was a kind of a similar case in California. And the headline says, California court rules in favor of Christian Baker who refused to bake cake for a lesbian wedding. Okay. So it's one of these where, you know, a lesbian couple went in, they wanted a cake for their wedding. Yep. The baker said, I'll sell you a cake, but I don't want to decorate it myself because it violates my conscience. Okay. Uh, and and the baker was sued, actually sued by the state of California. Ooh. Which is kind of amazing. So sued Not that by amazing. the state it's of California, California itself, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so the... Uh, and the reason I bring it up is because look how the state of California was trying to argue their case. Okay. So this is a quote from uh, from the Fox News article. The Thomas More Society, which uh, defended her, mm-hmm. the Thomas More Society claimed in a press release that during her deposition in February, lawyers for the state apparently questioned the sincerity of the baker's faith by quizzing her regarding whether she adhered to the dietary laws of the Old Testament. Oh my goodness. Like she does to the Bible's teaching on sexual morality. Wow, there you have it. And so here's a case ripped from the headlines Mm -hmm. at the highest level of our land, you know, before the Supreme Court. Here's a case of people failing to understand these distinctions between the ritual law and the moral law. Right. Between the dietary laws, which no longer apply to us or hold Mm -hmm. to us, and the moral law, which still does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a case, you know, ripped right from the headlines there. So. Well, you got to give them credit. I mean, they went all out. They're like, well, let's just see. What could we say? Hmm, she doesn't keep the dietary laws. Maybe mm-hmm. she's not that sincere. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously, she, they didn't, they don't understand. But that's a common misunderstanding. It's a very common misunderstanding. That's why misunderstanding. we, that's why we talked about it last week. And then now we see that it actually plays out in culture. Yeah, it plays out in culture. So it's, it's, it's an important distinction for our people to understand. Right. Is that, yes, you know, God gave 613 laws, mm-hmm. but not all of them still apply to us. Right. Uh, because we are not Jews. Right. Right. You know, we live under a different government. Yeah. And some of them, you know, don't even apply to the Jews anymore. Like be, the, the ones that have to do with the temple. There's no temple right. anymore. No so temple. they're not sacrificing right. animals. So, you know, it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. It's nuanced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the, the big takeaway there is that Hebrew religion is law-based. Okay. It's about a relationship between God and his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a moral, a very strong mm-hmm. moral commandment. It really is how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And for God's people, it was how they should live their lives I mean, right down to the smallest details of what they eat on their yep. dinner plate and how they, you know, what kind of clothes they wear. Dress, I mean, yep. Right down to mm-hmm. the, the smallest detail. Canaanite religion was not at all like that. So what, as God's people are about to enter into the promised land, the land of Canaan, uh, the locals there are worshiping uh, Baal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, the sky god. And they're worshiping uh, Astarte or Ashtaroth. That's the, the earth goddess, the female god. And the local religion is completely different. It's not at all law-based. 
you know, there were moral codes, but that was really more of a legal issue. Yes. The religious issue was not at all law-based. It was not at all morally based. It was really nature-based. Mm. Uh, and so the Canaanite religion, you know, they're about to enter a land that I think of kind of like Texas, actually, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's, you know, semi-arid. There's really not a lot of rivers to speak of. I mean, you know, there's no rivers in the Holy Land. I mean, right. Uh, there's the, well, there's the Jordan River. Yeah. That, that's about it. There's not really a whole lot of water up there. Um, and that's, you know, contrasted to uh, the Nile, whereas you got this massive river that overfloods its, its banks mm-hmm. every year mm-hmm. and deposits fresh soil. And all you got to do is just wait it out. You know, you got plenty of water. Yep. Uh, but in, in Canaanite, it was a semi, semi-arid land. And so it was very, very important that the rains should fall at their proper season. Oh. And when they weren't falling, well, the people would say, well, I wonder what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, clearly what's going on is the sky god, Baal, for whatever reason, has uh, lost interest in the earth goddess uh, Astarte. Okay. You know, these two, who knows, maybe they're in a tiff. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, he's just busy at work. Who knows what's going right. on, right? Uh, but we got to somehow <laughs> get the two of them interested in each other. Okay. Uh, because, you know, when when he rains, when, he, when the rains fall from the sky onto the earth, that's when crops grow and that's when life right. happens. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the union of the two. Okay. Right? Uh, and so when the rains weren't falling, what, well, what do you have to do? Well, you have to somehow get the, you have to get Bale's uh, interest right. in, uh, in his woman again, in Astarte again. And so that's where pornography, uh, sorry, prostitution. Would prostitution. Come in. So you had ritual prostitution where people would go into the temple, sometimes go out on tops of hills so that the sky god could see them oh, on the top my. of the hill. And they would enact for Baal what they wanted him to do. Okay. Hey, look at us. You know, this is what we want you to do so we I can see. all... Get interested. Have the rain and mm-hmm. live, right? So there's this very close relationship in Canaanite religion uh, between sex and nature. Yes. And that's why it was so tempting for God's people. Oh. Uh, because it was easy for people to fall into it. Sure. And say, well, it doesn't really matter. This is just, you know, something we do. Right. Um, and then moreover, you know, when, when the rain wasn't falling and the crops were failing, people get desperate and they're kind of willing yeah, to do anything. Exactly. So. Well, yes, Pastor Mariola did make that point. She said in her sweet Polish accent that she didn't like to talk about this stuff, no. but but she has to. <laughs> so she did. She did make the point. Well, yes, yes. But that's a very important point uh, because mm-hmm. then, as we'll see, that becomes a real snare for the people. Once mm-hmm. they actually enter the land of Canaan, yep. conquer it, and it becomes their own, you know, the climate doesn't change. Right. Uh, the climate doesn't change, and some of the Canaanites are always left in the land, little pockets of okay. them. And so it's really tempting for the Israelites to uh, to kind of go after this sure. other religion. And uh, Baal becomes kind of a constant thorn right. in their side. Until um, maybe eventually Elijah puts that to rest. We'll get there later, right? Well, Elijah puts it to rest, but then even after that, you know, the people go back to Baal oh, okay. once again until finally, it's really not until the exile okay. that uh, that finally it's, it's such a catastrophic event mm. that in, uh, in exile in Babylon, the people finally come to terms with what they have done. Okay. When they come back, they say to themselves, never, never again will we do this. Okay. Uh, and then that is, is really when the people start taking it seriously. Oh, okay. But that's, you know, at this point, that's 700 years in the future. Wow. Yeah, so it's a long way away. Mm-hmm. And this is also one of the reasons why in uh, why the prophets will often refer to idolatry as adultery. Yes. Uh, because there's this covenantal relationship between God and his people, mm-hmm. like a husband and wife. Uh, and then you have this uh, literally a sexual relationship with, you know, the other gods Got and it. goddesses and in, in their temples. Mm-hmm. And so adultery then becomes one of the primary metaphors, metaphors. for idolatry. Yeah, like Hosea, the book of Hosea mm-hmm. is a 
falls in that vein. Okay. So I think very good. Yeah. So it, I, I, to me, that's a, a crucial, crucial part. Okay. I understand why Pastor Berkowitz doesn't like to talk yes, about it, yes. but it's very yes. important to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know why people are doing all these crazy things, right? And you know, my own take, I, I would say, in in our own day, we see a similar connection between uh, sex and false religion. You know, when you look around at our culture, uh, sexual promiscuity is strongly correlated with all of these mm. false religious practices, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. even in our day. Right. So. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay, and let's see. There is a reading assignment. Yes, so next week uh, we begin uh, book two. That'll book be Wednesday, mm-hmm, this Wednesday. Uh, yeah, this coming Wednesday. So we begin book two, and uh, it's going to be Crossways Unit 11 or Chapter 11, and we'll be looking at the book of Deuteronomy. So mm-hmm. just when you thought you were done with the law, but wait, there's more. Yeah, but Deuteronomy right? is like written in a totally different way, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of good gems in there. There's, it's there's it's a, a completely gems. different book, yeah. But Deuteronomy does mean second law. Yep. Uh, and so I'll ask people to read Deuteronomy chapters 5, 6, and 11. 5, 6, and 11. Okay. Uh, and those kind of hit some of the key points that we'll, we will be looking at next week. Good. All right. Well, we won't. Actually, neither of us will be there because nope. I've got an orchestra concert for David and you're going to be in Wisconsin. I'll so, be in Wisconsin. Yes. So anyways, um, we will still get back on next Monday uh, if possible and recount what we weren't even there to hear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do our best. Okay. Have a good one.